Email todayradio at rte.ie. Now, this weekend saw a three-county lockdown come into operation in Kildare, Leash and Offaly as a local response to a worrying spike in COVID-19 cases. And there's been a strong focus on meat plants operating in the area. This morning, three out of four meat plants in the Midlands which have experienced outbreaks of COVID-19, numbering some 300 cases in recent days, will not open. Well, over the weekend, Leash businessman Damien Nee resigned from his position on the emergency advisory group over his concerns about this spike in cases and indeed the response to it. Damien Need joins me now on the uh, line. Good morning to you, Damien. Thank you for joining me this morning. Um, So in your resignation letter for the EAG, you said that you felt every available proactive action had not been actively explored. Um, Can you tell me, what were you speaking about there? Were you speaking about the meat plants in terms of proactive action and what would you have liked to have been done? There's several areas. First of all, worldwide, there have been problems in meat plants. So a policy decision should have been made to ensure that when something like this happened, that immediate and comprehensive action was taken instantly. And that would just have meant teams going along to all meat plants, testing, monitoring and ensuring that adequate and appropriate PPE was worn at all times. Also checking on the practice of busing workers to and from and the potential for spread during transit, especially ones that were coming from, say, the direct provision centres, which provide a significant amount of the temporary staff at meat plants. And since the 30, 40 cases became obvious at those uh, provision centres, they should immediately, like in Germany, have been quarantined. It was an easy win. So just to be clear, um, so three weeks ago there were, as you say, around 40 cases of COVID-19 in direct provision centres locally. You're yeah. saying that those should have been locked down immediately. They should have gone in a, in a lockdown for just the centres, that the, that the yeah, people there that, should have been asked right. to stay home. Okay, Instantly. and did you, did you bring that up at the EAG? I did, and I put it in writing. That, but again, you see, whose job is it to enforce these things? You have so many different groups. There's an effort the EAG, the Department of Health, the HSE. Uh, there's an endless variety. And there's lack of clear clarity of responsibility. And what I would like to see, something like in New Zealand, when there were two cases somewhere, they closed it down within hours. And they had security around it. And they were real nice to people. And... They provided them with quality, effective masks for all those in, in mm. the surrounding area. OK, so that's the direct provision. And then the meat plant specifically, you're saying that there should be regular testing. Is it that you're, you were calling we for end infection? Te- testing uh, and checking of all people because the bulk of, of spread is definitely asymptomatic and pre-symptomatic. And uh, if, if we don't do this, this situation that's happening in these three counties will be replicated all around the country because we don't have any comprehensive compliance section. If you see something that's a problem, like the Sunday market in Clara last week with over 5,000 people at it, who do you ring up? There's no one-stop shop for compliance. And that's something that is strategically needed. Okay. Um, And and can I just bring you back to the meat plants then for a second? So you're talking about hmm. um, regular testing. Would you be talking about then fortnightly testing, for example, which is what... Oh, gosh, fortnightly testing would be no good. You you take two cases. In a fortnight, how many can that become? Doubling every day with a 1.8. That's maybe 10,000 cases. 
you know, that doesn't happen in reality because yeah. there's limiting factors. But two cases can become a thousand in a fortnight. So, of course, you can't have that. That there should be daily testing and daily temperature testing. In meat plants. Because and what, meat what, plants. what do you say then to the meat plants who say they've put in all the protocols that they've been asked to put in, they're doing everything they can? Oh, that may well be the case. And that's why more comprehensive preemptive measures have to be taken. Okay, so the so protocols aren't and, sufficient in, in your yeah. view? Uh, no, no, they, they may be, but is the compliance with them adequate? And is it appropriately pleased? Because we all know from wandering around, be it shops or even on public transport, that compliance with regulations is lax. And then it says face coverings. It doesn't necessarily say effective face mm. coverings because if you look at the latest two report on effectiveness of various stuff, um, some face cloth face coverings have a filtration rate of 3%, maybe 10, 12, 15%, whereas a good medical mask will have a minimum of 75 and probably 95%. Okay, and, and I want to get onto the masks in a second, Damien, if you don't mind, because actually, indeed, today they yeah. are becoming mandatory. But just then on the, the direct provision centres and the meat plants and what we're looking at happening in the Midlands at the moment, um, obviously there have been issues with the meat plants, haven't there, for, for really since the pandemic began and indeed That's with right. direct provision. Can you give us any insight into what sort of conversations were going on in the EAG in relation to that? What sort of recommendations are being put forward? to because deal with that. Now, they wouldn't have specifically discussed particular narrow areas of endeavour, be it meat plants or stuff. It would be policy issues. Okay. So uh, you, you can't make a direct connection. M- my concern is that there should have been adequate urgency given to wherever there is a case, no matter how few, that immediate lockdown is, happened adjacent to that, and it's inspected and tracked and traced. And since meat plants were the known largest source of consistent outbreaks, uh, then the implementation group ought to be on top of that. That uh, EAG was for policy direction. And you've got to have ruthlessness here, that political correctness or anything has to come second place to ensuring the health of the nation. Okay, so tell me then about masks and, and your, your um, as I said, they're looking to become mandatory today in shops or they will become mandatory today in shops. Um, I know you've long been an advocate indeed of people wearing masks um, since the pandemic started, um, but you are concerned that people aren't wearing medical grade masks. Well, I'm, I'm concerned that effective masks are not being emphasised because If you take, say, the WHO figures and WHO's recommendation that people of 60 and over or with underlying health problems should wear a medical mask, now, any kind of a mask will prevent us giving it to others. If you take that we've spent 50 or 60 billion so far, directly and indirectly, providing an adequate stock of high-quality masks makes economic sense because even if you cut the cases by 10% or even 5% and you take the cost of treating people, the societal cost, the actual cost of treatment in hospitals, the morbidity, mortality issues aside, 
it makes economic sense. And what about the argument, because I know there has been an argument around this, um, but the counter-argument to encouraging people to wear medical grade masks um, is uh, largely that there's a concern there'd be a run on those masks or a shortage of those masks for healthcare staff and also that face coverings of any type are better than no face coverings. Oh, absolutely they're better than nothing, especially at preventing you giving it to somebody. I, I know that you were, you were saying that you were upset that the EAG is actually on holidays for two weeks at the moment, is that right? Um, about three weeks ago, it was proposed that we skip having meetings for the first two weeks in August because whatever, and people needed a break. And my view is individuals can have a break, but a structure or an organisation should continue. Um, you don't sh- shut down if you've got a business just because some people need need a break and deserve a break and are, are worthy of one doesn't mean that the whole organisation should shut down. Mm. And what was your role, Damien, on the EAG? I was uh, appointed as a public safety or a, a patient representative type on that. Um, there's wonderful intellects, wonderful people on it. Every, every individual there is incredibly talented. I've always worked for myself and I want to see things happening. I want to see people looking at what works best elsewhere, adapting that, not at reinventing the wheel. Okay. I just want to ask you then, uh, finally, if you don't mind, um, what the email response you got to your own resignation or what response did oh, you get? Um, so there has been an issue of requesting people not to circulate stuff directly to other members of the committee, just to, to put everything through the chairman. So um, uh, the thing I am leaving until Monday, August 17th, I will not be checking email. So, so it's an out uh, of office? Out of office. No, right. anything like that, in my mind, should be passed on automatically. All right. And Damien, I'll tell you what, we'll leave it there. But thank you so much for joining Bye-bye. me this morning. That's Damien Nee, uh, weekend, uh, sorry, a leash businessman and also a former member now of the Emergency Advisory Group. Today with Sarah McInerney on RTE Radio 1.